alone don't throw rocks. Especially if you live in a glass house. City, it's your boy series back at the helm with another edition of the NFL free for all show. We're doing the championship round edition, and I could not think of any other way to kick this off than with the fellas here at Sports City Chefs. But you guys know how to do this by myself. I got a whole slew of brothers with me and some more on the way. Calling from the state of California, I a Brian breaking news who's in the building. What's going on, my guy? How we doing, sir? Doing fantastic, man. It's uh, always a pleasure to be in the building with you boys. Looking uh, to dice up some uh, NFL topics, man. Hope uh, hope the fans enjoy. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. This is gonna be fun. I can't. I can't wait to get this on and popping, man. Calling um, out of the state of Connecticut. I, you know, I don't even know where he's at. TP, TP's in the building. What's going on, TP? How we doing, sir? I don't took off the blazer, loosened up the tie, stepped aside. The kitchen timers is alive. Just uh, three more rest away. From the big day, man. I'm I'm all for it, man. I just got some good news that my my point guard or my combo guard, Shea Gilders, is starting in the All Star game. It's it's an electric sport time for me. It's almost more sport Christmas for me. But uh, as we proceed to give you what you need, <laughs> what's going on, man? Appreciate you dropping by. Chandler's in the building. What's going on, Chandler? How we doing today, sir? I'm all right. I'm just tired and hungry. You know what? I tried to make this short and sweet for you, man. And Detroit's own Big Tim is in the building. What's going on, Tim? How are we doing today, sir? Man, I'm feeling really, really good, man. Excited to chop this thing up today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I ain't going to waste anybody's time, man. I wanted to start talking a little bit before we start breaking down the the, the, the championship week. Uh, we've had some coaches uh, pick up some new gigs and some coaches left on the outside looking in. Um, as this NFL coaching carousel starts to roll, um, I want to start with you first, Tim, since you were the last one in. Um, Jim Harbaugh um, got the job at, at, at the Chargers. Uh, through no surprise of anybody. I mean, we spoke about it at length a couple weeks ago. Brian knocked it out the park. Chandler, you know, laid it up for him. 
Um, but you know, Tim, what do you think about that hire? And do you think this does anything to shake up how that division is ultimately won or lost? Um, I'm honestly kind of shocked he took it. I, I really don't see the Chargers as being an upside um type of team. I mean, they got Herbert and everything, but they're they're probably cutting uh Keenan Allen from what they're saying. One of the two wide receivers is gone. The rookie wide receiver from last year looks like trash. Uh, mm-hmm. Eckler's probably out the door, so they don't have a running back. I, I just don't – I don't think it shakes up anything. And at the end of the day, you're in a division that has Patrick Mahomes. So you're playing for second place every year that that guy is in the league. So I was I was kind of shocked that he took the gig to begin with. Um, I'm not shocked that he left Michigan. That's that's a whole mm-hmm. other topic. But – I the Chargers was not have been the place that I would have ended up or thought of him ending up if he's trying to indeed win a Super Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. I just, in that division, I just, the odds are stacked against him. Right. I can respect it. I can respect it. TP, I, I thought the same question at you, sir. Uh, you know, Harbaugh took the gig in LA to coach the Chargers. I, for one, have a weird opinion about it, but I wanted to see how you felt about it, sir. Talk to me, man. Uh, I just think it's more of like a, a attention grab, something similar to it. Uh, the one thing I'm worried about is, is I don't think it's going to turn around that fast. Uh, the, the crazy part about everything, I think this is going to be a, a slow rebuild, as everything Tim mentioned. I'm more of a supporter of Justin Herbert. I wanted to see Herbert play in Detroit before Stafford left, but uh, Stafford left. We had to make some things happen. He's a, he's a decent quarterback, but I still see the youth in him. He still has to learn a lot. And I still think, you know, Harbaugh is a quarterback, a quarterback coach. He's going to have to be work on the fly while Tim just mentioned Mahomes is there. And things are starting mm-hmm. to turn around in AFC West, but I don't think he's just going to come there and just be some Chuck Noll or some uh, Mike Tomlin or some some guy that hits the ground running. It's going to take some time because he just made the adjustment from college back to the pro, and it's not that quick of a turnaround. So it's going to take some time. And how long Jim Harbaugh wants to coach, I, I feel like that's, the bigger question of him coming to uh, L.A. and trying to turn the Chargers around in a year or so is how many years does he have left in the tank? He, he's not built for scrutiny. They're going to bring that scrutiny to L.A. with him as well. That bag is not going to leave him ever since he left San Francisco, ever since he left Stanford, ever since he, he, he has baggage and questions he has to answer. So I, I'm more concerned of what comes next, not, oh, if he turns this thing around. So um, and, and also, not for nothing, I actually one of the, the chefs that's here is Royce. Royce is more of a, a Raiders fan. I think that Pierce turns that around too. So not only are you worried about what the Chiefs can do, the Raiders are going to be something to be considered uh, in the AFC West too. So it's, it's not an easy win. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I'm I going to say something about it and then I throw it to the other two gentlemen in the building. Um, this to me was more of a name hire than a actual good fit for a program hire. Because at the end of the day, Josh, not Josh Allen, I'm still on that Josh Allen thing. Justin Herbert is a guy who has gotten a lot of praise for doing absolutely nothing. Period. Uh, He's a 500 quarterback. Um, He doesn't finish games. Um, And ultimately, I, I, I just do not foresee Harbaugh going into that situation with the questions that Tim alluded to, you know, Austin Eckler. Is he still going to play there? Is, is, are, 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 are the new ownerships going to get themselves together and give him a new deal? 
You got to figure out what you're doing with Keenan Williams and Mike Williams and the company. Um, the rookie they drafted last year had a horrible year. Um, you still couldn't stop a nosebleed on defense. Offensive line is one of the worst in football. Um, so there's a lot of question marks surrounding the L.A. Chargers. So to your point, T.P., I don't think he goes in there and like that and does a D'Amico Ryans and puts them in the playoffs um, and has them relevant. Now, they got to hit on some free agents and they got to hit on the draft. And um, it wouldn't shock me if, you know, Harbaugh reached and grabbed a couple of his boys that are uh, coming out of Michigan that are in this upcoming draft. You know, Blake Crom comes to mind, a running back who's declared. So he may be able to go into L.A. and fit that system. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out. I, for one, don't automatically put them in the AFC playoff picture just by getting that quarterback. There's a lot of other dominoes that has to fall. To your point, the Raiders got the new coach, and he's been balling or whatever. So it's going to be funny to see how it shakes out. Chandler, I- I- I'll come to you, man. Hardball gets, gets the gig um, in L.A. with the Chargers, man. How you feel about it? It's actually a great hire. And, and I, I mean, I don't know what's going on with, with these Detroit Cats tonight, man. Yo, y'all need to get up on Woodward Avenue, go get you some fried turkey, man, and, and stop hating. All right. Cause I know what it is. Listen, listen, yo, Tim, tell him what up though. So, tell him what up though. Man, you know. I, I'll tell you right now, I, it has nothing to do with Harbaugh being a bad coach. It, that that's not that's not the question. The the question is, I just don't think it makes that much of an impact for the Chargers just based on where they're at. I think Harbaugh is a really good coach, and he's taking Jesse Minter, the Michigan B coordinator, with him. So he's he's bringing some people with him. It, it, to me, it's not Harbaugh. It's the Chargers are always going to charge her. It's, it's what they do. And, you know, they, at the end of the day, sitting in that division with, with Mahomes, where that, to me, that's where the division starts and ends. And, again, TP brought it up, the Raiders. I, I like Pierce. I like Pierce a lot. You know what Pierce reminds mm-hmm. me of? Dan Campbell, because those guys will play for him. Right. They, they, they want him there. And I love that. To me. That's great. But it's just not Harbaugh. To Jim Harbaugh, too. Jim Harbaugh isn't just a quarterback's coach. He's an actual coach. He is mm-hmm. a team right. builder. He's a team right, but the last time, builder. Right. Okay. But the last time he had success, he ran He ran into a pot of gold with San Francisco. San Francisco was loaded. All he had to do was come yes. in there and make that happen. And all he had, and he had a GM who was more interested in getting credit than he was working with the coach. Okay. So let's start there. All right. We want to go back to San Francisco. We had Trent Baalke, who no longer has a job in the NFL, by the way, who was more interested in getting credit than he was working with his head coach. Okay. Jim Harbaugh never should have left San Francisco, but that's a whole other question. Everywhere Harbaugh has been, he has built teams that have lasting success even after he left. Stanford was still good after he left because then they went to David Shaw and they had sustained success for a long time. Okay. Michigan is going to be fine. You got, um, Shamar Moore. Sharon Moore. Sharon. I said Shamar, didn't I? Damn it. I sure did. <laughs> and he got me a SWAT gear. Dan Quinn. <laughs> Dan Campbell. I'm a Murray Brown. You know? <laughs> um, every wish Harbaugh's been, he's built teams. He doesn't just go in. He's not just an offensive guy. His teams run balanced offenses, which mm-hmm. is something – that with Herbert, listen, I'm not a Justin Herbert fan. Let me be very clear. I think he's overrated as hell. Mm-hmm. I think he's physically gifted, but I think he's overrated. Okay? I think in the biggest of moments, Justin Herbert's going to choke like a dog. But, but with the right coach, I think the Chargers can 
either tie or win the conference at least once in the next five years with with Jim Harbaugh. I think Jim Harbaugh by his second year, people will be talking about, man, Chargers gonna give the Chiefs a run for their money. As far as scrutiny, dude, it's the LA Chargers. Just like when they were San Diego Chargers, nobody really cares about the Chargers nationally, unless they do something stupid, or unless they do something like Jim High, Jim Harbaugh. In three weeks, no one's gonna mention the Chargers because the Charger fan. Listen, I was stationed in San Diego. The Charger fans barely care about the Chargers until late in the season if they're gonna make the playoffs. Other than that, it's like yeah, yeah, the Chargers. So, but I love this hire for that organization because of nothing else. When Jim Harbaugh leaves, and we know he will leave because he don't let Moss grow into his feet, that organization will be far better suited for sustained success, whatever you want to call success for the Chargers, than they were before he hired them. I can respect it. I can respect it. Brian, you hear what's going on in the building. There's been pots and pans and some food already set to get thrown around, man. Go ahead and grab you a dish and start throwing some stuff, man. Harbaugh gets to get You're very familiar with him. Talk to me about it. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. This is the reason why me and Chandler butt heads and we don't like each other all the time because he always steals my thunder. Everybody else is like, Harbaugh's a bad coach or Harbaugh's a good coach, but this is a bad team, bad situation. He's not going to win. What about Pierce? I say hogwash to all that. People forget the 49ers were 5-11 and when he took over San Francisco. Stanford was horrendous when he took over Stanford. Michigan was horrendous when he took over Michigan. That's what this guy does is build teams. And by the way, just just a FYI, in 2011, the first year San Francisco, uh, the, the first year that San Francisco was uh, um, playing under the Harbaugh era. Let, let me just tell you, because somebody mentioned here the, uh, the, the the great talent that we had. Let me go ahead and give you the talent that was on that team uh, as as uh, skill position players. Vernon Davis, Michael Crabtree, Ted Ginn Jr., who still still can't catch a pass. Uh, and by the way, Ted Ginn Jr. was the leading receiver on that team. And by the way, they went 13-3 and three and had the number one seed. I said this three or four years ago. Well, it's been longer than that now. But I said this a few years ago, and Sirius and Ty, I'm sure you'll remember this. Everybody laughed at me. When I when when Philly fired Andy Reid and I said, you watch, he's going to go to KC and he will win that division within five years. I'm going to say the same thing again. You watch within five years, as Chandler just said, KC will not be atop this division. I promise you the San Diego Chargers will. If for no other reason, just think about this for a minute, boys. They were 5-12 and 12 this year. I can think of right now off the top of my head at least four games that Brandon Staley himself cost them the game just from mismanaging. That's not going to happen with Harbaugh. They're going to use motion. They're going to be a much, much more exotic offense, which is something they haven't done in a while. And they're going to do this thing called run the ball and win in the trenches, which is a staple of Harbaugh football, Jim Harbaugh football. He, you you watch his teams that he never has a team that is soft at the line of scrimmage. So whatever he has to do, but I told you guys, the reason that this was going to be an attractive high a position for him is the one position that is really hard to find in the NFL is a quarterback. And although I don't completely agree with what Chandler said, 
I think when you look at the quarterback situations for most of the teams that are open, or if you look at the ownership groups of most of the team open, like Atlanta, like Carolina, like Washington, it's not great, right? Washington's attractive because they have the number two pick, but you're still bringing in a brand new rookie, and it's still a, a coin flip. Let's be honest. In the first round of the NFL draft, you draft a quarterback in the first round, it's a coin flip on whether or not they're good, a star, let's say. So with all that being said, Harbaugh is known for having connections. As Chandler mentioned, he's going to bring in great offensive and defensive assistance. That's what he does. He is going to run more motion and more scheme than I'm going to say 90% of the coaches out there. And I promise you, guarantee you, within five years, the Chargers will win that division, period. You know what? That's pretty bold based off of the situation uh, that's presented in front of them. I mean, I don't foresee Patrick Mahomes going anywhere anytime soon. Um, I do expect the, the Raiders to to be better, and God knows what's going on with the Denver Broncos. So it's going to be a tall task. Can I answer something real quick? I just want to answer something real quick. Even ahead, though the ahead, record John. wasn't great with them, with them being 5-11 and 11 at that time, Vernon yeah, Davis was moving at that point. Wait, wait, Vernon Davis was balling at that time. Um, he was a good tight end, solid in the league at that point. He time. was solid. Crabtree You're was, right. He was Crabtree, solid. Hold on. I didn't, I'll let you speak. I'll let you speak. I'll let you speak. Crabtree was okay. a good receiver. I, wait, I yeah. didn't? Just tell me if I – okay, no problem. Anyway, I can tell you. So, Crabtree was actually balling at that point in time. But became a mm-hmm. dominant number one when um, Harbaugh got a hold of him. The coaching system was a mess. They had good pieces. And you can't forget, I'm a Hurricane fan. Frank Gore was the running back, the bell cow for them that you did not want to mention. That's the number three running back all-time in NFL history. NFL history, and they had to make the move to move from Alex Smith to get Colin Kaepernick. With uh, <laughs> Alex Smith actually was running the system well, and then they got rid of it and put Colin Kaepernick in there. And that system even worked better without Alex Smith. So they had the pieces there, just the record did not show that. But they had pieces there. The record didn't show, but they, like they say, the talent there, it, it was yeah. what it was. But that record did not show. Like they had pieces that, in um, San Francisco. That's what everybody says when they want to justify a response, brother. They were five and eleven. They didn't have a receiver that had more than 800 yards. Like, there was no 1,000-yard receiver. Everybody wants to say Crabtree was great. Like, you can call him great. I see great now because we have great receivers. 870 yards and four touchdowns in 16 games is not great. You got Amon Rase Brown that plays the slot. He is a better receiver than Crabtree. I'm not calling Crabtree great. They didn't get great. They didn't get good until Harbaugh got there. Go 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 back and look at 2010 at the stats and then look at the stats in 2011. I'm the one that lived through those stats. Like yes, Frank Gore, you know what Frank Gore is a stud. He he always will have a special place in my heart, but he didn't rush for 1000 yards the previous season. He rushed for 1000 yards because he finally had a coach that that, that could coach his team. We didn't have right, Jim Tomsula. We didn't have Michael Mike Singletary. That is my point. I'm I'm saying Jim Harbaugh, he's taking over for Brandon Staley, who we've all bashed on this show for mismanaging games. He has made the Chargers look much worse than they are. Now, I'll be the first to agree with you boys, and Tim brought up the one legitimate point, which is their cap situation is not fantastic. But I promise you, Jim Harbaugh knows a lot of these guys, these kids in college, more intimately than the pro – 
pro coaches or the scouting departments are going to know he has contacts. You watch. He'll bring in a very good NFL draft, and this team will be competitive next year. And I, I said within five to be reasonable. I think within three years they win the division. That's exactly what I said. I said the same thing. I didn't say it was going to be a one-year thing. I said it was going to take time. I don't think you're going to hit yeah. the ground running like a Tomlin or a Chuck Noll. That's exactly what I – you could ask Aaron if you want to. That's exactly what I said. You could rewind the tape. I didn't think he was going to hit the ground running. It's, it's hard to get a coach to come straight from college and just have an impact in a division that's already been figured out and implement a system where a lot of pieces may be gone in the following season. I didn't say anything bad about Harbaugh at all. I was just giving the fact. That's all. I didn't, I didn't say you said anything bad about him. Okay. You know, honestly, gentlemen, I, I, I personally, I, I think this is an interesting conversation that I, I can't wait to come back to um, later on down the road because if if you start to look at it, you know, I think all things can be true here. You know, Jim Harbaugh is one great coach who who managed to win at, at every level that he's been to. Um, you know, again, the the accolades speak for himself. What he did in Michigan, what he did at Stanford, what he did in San Fran. Um. But this is a whole different monster. Now, again, time will tell. But I will say this. In order to, 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 to beat the man, you have to beat the man. And Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes has ran this division uh, for a long period of time. It doesn't seem like they're slowing down regardless of who Harbaugh brings in uh, from college. The cap, the, the cap situation is what it is. Now, they can maneuver some things and get rid of some players and rob Peter to pay Paul, but ultimately, you got to beat that guy Mahomes. And I don't foresee Justin Herbert doing it. I don't foresee Alec, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't foresee Pierce doing it. Um, I don't see Sean Payne doing it. So, again, time will tell, but interesting conversation. I can't wait to come back to it a couple years from now and see how it all breaks down. Keeping with the same coaching theme, um, there's been a couple surprise hires um, that have taken place, and I wanted to go right back to you, breaking news, since you were the last one to talk. Um, what surprise hire um, has taken place that has you scratching your head talking about WTF is going on here? Well, listen, in the green room before the show started, I got I to, gotta, listen, I'm going to tell her myself, give everybody a, uh, a good laugh. So I got the ticker across the phone that said the Tennessee Titans had hired Brian Callahan. And, and just to show you, un unfortunately, my age, Chandler probably remembers this and maybe Ty. But when I saw that, I literally thought the old Atlanta Falcons head coach, Brian Callahan. And I'm thinking that guy hasn't coached in like 25 years. So that's why backstage I had said, this is a horrible hire. This is Art Shell all over again. And then I realized when my mind kind of adjusted, I was like, oh, I think they're talking about the Bengals OC. So with that being said, I do not think that is obviously the worst hire. Um, I, I do think it's good that they got a um, a um, a coach in there that's offensive minded. Um, I think it was I think it was almost a necessity. I think the interesting one for me is probably Naples, um, the Naples hire, because uh, in Carolina, um, I think it was Carolina, correct? Mm -hmm. So the reason that's interesting to me is because essentially what you're doing is you're giving credit for him essentially turn around or resurrecting or whatever you want to call it, um, <laughs> the, the career, the career of um, Baker Mayfield. And I saw I saw some questionable play calling, especially in the, in the game against Detroit. 
I I didn't think that necessarily, you know, I thought Baker was Baker this year, to be honest with you. Yes, maybe he's a little bit better, but I also don't think, you know, I also don't think that he's always been throwing to Mike Godwin or Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin. You know, that that definitely makes a difference. So that one's a little question questionable for me only because the the track record, let's just say that, the track record of how long he's been in OC and what he's done, like what have you done for me lately? I would have much rather went with um, Biennemi or Johnson or, I mean, there's a slew of guys, but I think ultimately what it came down to for Carolina was I think you have to hire somebody that actually believes Bryce Young is the guy. And obviously Naples must be that guy. But I would say for me, that's the most surprising at this point because there is still a lot of really good head co- head coaches out there. And, you the know, coach, he was not on Carolina my radar. Canales. The coach Canales, of Carolina, Canales. Canales. I'm sorry. I said, you're right. I, I mispronounced it. Okay. Yeah, I was saying the, the Tampa OC, but you're right. I think I did call him. I did. I did Naples. say it. <laughs> Naples or yeah, yeah Canales. Yeah. I apologize. I don't have my notes in front of me, boys. So I apologize about that. We got a name thing on this show, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> contagious. <laughs> it is contagious. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Everything Chandler says about me is correct. I'm literally. I'm. I'm gonna start butchering people's names on purpose. <laughs> Remember, I called Harvey Michael. I know what I called him Matt for like almost six months. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah I when, when, I, so anyway, I called him Mike. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chandler. Um, I'm, I'm gonna throw this in your lap, sir. There's been a lot of questionable or confusing hires um, that has taken place. Um, give me, give, give me your position on something that's kind of shocked you so far. The Brian Callahan one because he got hired because of his last name. He got hired because his father was Bill Callahan. His father was a really good coach. I don't see it with the son. And and, and please stop telling me because a guy's a good coordinator, that makes him a great head coach. There's more to being a coach than calling plays. Now, and see, he's urgent. I'm calling the plays. Okay, um, what about your defense, bro? What about your special teams? What about building a team? What are you going to be in the trenches? What are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with that? I don't give a damn about you calling plays. The Panthers' issue wasn't play calling. It was a terrible offensive line. It was the fact that you had a three-foot-tall quarterback and you had six, eight linemen who were just saying, come on and sack my guy. Okay? This is the same offensive coordinator um, because he he came from um, Cincinnati, if I believe, right? Okay, um, how many times did Joe Burrow get sacked in, in that playoff game? He got sacked a lot, bro. How many times did he get sacked that season? Yeah. You had a bad offensive line. You kept calling seven-step drops. You almost got your quarterback murdered multiple times. Brian Callahan should not have a job as a head coach. Period in the story. Okay, you 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 got an organization that's had a bad had a couple of bad drafts. Miss me with Will Levis, okay? He's a career backup. You drafted Malik Willis when anybody with half a brain knew Malik Willis was at least a four-year project. Not one year, not two year, not three year, four-year project. 
He came out of college and all they ever had him do, they hyped him the ball and they said, run, Malik, run. There was no passing game. This kid was, man, listen, don't get me started on the Titans. It's trash down there in Tennessee. But Arthur Blank, like Mark Davis, finally got the hire right because you should have hired Raheem Morris when you had the chance the first time. I like that hire. The Canales hire, ah, ah, ah. Um, and I just mixed up two teams, the Panthers and the uh, Titans. I just caught that. But the bottom line is Brian Callahan's a bad coach. He shouldn't have a job. I don't really – Canales, I don't know what you're going to do down there and in, in, in with the Panthers because David Tepper's a terrible, 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 terrible owner. But Brian Callahan, I'm going to say this again, Brian Callahan's going to be fired in two years. You said two years. Two years. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay, Tom, let's talk to me, man. There's a lot of coaching um, GM spots that have been filled uh, since the conclusion of the 2023 uh, NFL season, man. Which ones have you scratching your head? Um, I know there was, I think, on here as well as like other conversations. I said teams like to deal with mediocrity. Um, I'm scratching my head. The Atlanta Falcons, what are you doing? Y'all went and got Raheem Morris and brought a defensive guy there where your offense is the question. Y'all brought Kyle Pitts in there, a guy that y'all can't get off the ground. This guy was an All-American tight end, and he can't get featured in that offense at all. You have problems at the quarterback position. You can't get Bijan out there. Y'all brought a defensive guy to work on the defense? Scratching my head. Like, in a division where it's up for grabs still, I don't think Tampa Bay has a handle on that division. I feel like everybody has a shot, whether it's the Saints, whether it's – I think the Panthers are the only team that are out of the conversation. They raced to the bitter end. They raced to the bitter end of week 18 and was still up for grabs. So, with them getting Raheem Morris, I know that he's, he could be a, a better coach in a different situation, but not for Atlanta. Atlanta has a bigger situation of, of a frying offense that's done. They, they got Ritter or who's the other guy? Uh, and Heineke. I, I wonder if Heineke, Heineke stays. Yeah. I, I feel like he, he's going to be moving soon too. So, like – there's, there's more issues to fix than him just coming in and trying to turn the defense around. The defense has their handle, especially at the corners with Terrell and these guys. So I, I think that's fine. They, they needed an offensive line to try to put points on the board. They, Atlanta couldn't score at the end of the day, um, especially in big games too. And there's a lot of youth there. You need a, a good offensive line. They should have chased down Harbaugh or somebody to get that offense popping. But that's just me. I, I feel like that was a questionable hire for a team that had issues offensively and bringing a strong defensive line into a team that defense is all right. I'm not going to say great, but they're all right. But mm -hmm. Atlanta confuses me, and I don't want to give him a short window. I do want to see him excel. I, I feel like he has two to four. I really want to see him get to four. But I know if they start seeing losing out the gate, you know how frustrated Atlanta has been since 1998, since they lost to Denver and couldn't get it around. And every year they look successful and fall on their faces. Like if, if Morris can turn around, then egg on my face. But I don't feel like it's going to be a quick turnaround. He has a lot to prove. Big Tim, I'm going to come back to you, my guy. Uh, a lot of coaching GM moves um, has taken place since the, since the end of the regular season. Um, which ones have you scratching your head talking about what in the world are these guys thinking? Uh, honestly, the Carolina situation I get, I think it was going to be hard to find someone to come in there that wanted to come in there and take on Bryce Young, take on the fact that they don't have picks, take on – you know, a very mediocre team, and that's putting it very nicely, and and try to run with it. I mean, that that's a 
that's the type of job that it's going to take someone special that wants to really try to make a name for themselves to turn around. Um, you know, so I'm not, you know, I, I don't fault Carolina for what they did. I think that was, that was a dead situation. Um, just getting someone to come in there was, was a win. Um, you know, honestly, I, I love, I love seeing what's going on. I love seeing that all these jobs are filling up because it means that, you know, Ben Johnson has less to choose from if he does decide to leave. Um, but I do think, uh, you know, he's gone, it, right? It, he ain't gone yet. He ain't gone yet. Wa- Washington or Seattle? He's coming. We'll he's coming Listen, if, if we win this weekend, it's another week where he's not out there doing this. <laughs> I, so, actually, that's not true. After the NFC Championship, they can interview even if, even if, even if your team's in the Super Bowl. He's loyal. He ain't going. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's that loyal. Like, no, nah, I'm gonna turn down my pay raise. Last year, last year, last year, he could have went pretty much anywhere too, and. True, but, true. but but all all in all, I, I think the Atlanta the Atlanta one has me scratching my head. I mean, okay, you hired a defensive guy. You're telling me Belichick wasn't the better of the defensive guys that they could have hired? If that's the road that they wanted to go down, you brought him in for a second interview. You know, what does Bill Belichick have to interview? You know, wh- what can go wrong? In Thank that? you. I mean, you just come in, you throw your rings on the table, and you say, check these out, guys. You know, that that's that's it. And if you you can try to convince me, maybe he's too old school, you know, whatever. I, I don't know. But if you were going to hire a defensive guy, that was the defensive guy. So mm-hmm. you kind of blew my mind with that one. Um, honestly, I thought that was the spot for Ben Johnson. If he was going to go anywhere offensively, I thought that would have been the spot for him because all the weapons that they have in place, they probably draft a quarterback or, or at least try to go sign somebody and – you know, away you go. So, um, but the Atlanta one is the one for me that just has me blown away because I, you know, no disrespect to Raheem Morris, but I mean, Jesus, Bill Belichick sitting there, if you're going to go the defensive coach route and you completely fumble the bag on that. Mike Vrabel still sitting there too. Yeah. And, and Mike Vrabel, I mean, yeah. a guy who, I mean, what do they say that he kind of pissed off the owner's daughter or whatever yeah. with some comments and, Jesus. Marshmallow. Go ahead, Chandler. Talk to us. I'm just curious because I keep hearing, well, in Atlanta, um, maybe Atlanta wanted an actual coach. Because last I checked, uh, the Houston offense is running pretty well with D'Amico Ryans as their head coach. He was Mm -hmm. a defensive coordinator, but he's the head coach. So maybe Raheem Morris knows how to build the staff. Well, let me ask you this. Morris knows how to bring in some people to run the offense while he coaches the entire team. Can we stop? Well, can we stop with the well? If you your offense is bad, you bring the offensive-minded guy. How's that worked out for most of these teams? That bringing a guy who only specializes in offense. So tell me what happened his last coaching spin when he head coach the last time. What happened to Raheem Morris? You tell me. He was what a happened. rookie head coach, and actually. Well, he was trending upward and got sabotaged by the organization because they didn't give him any damn time. Yeah, he I'm not, not. I'm not saying that, Chandler. Team. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you were gonna go the defensive route, then there was. I mean, Bill Belichick was the best defensive guy, and Vrabel's right behind that. Okay, uh, but neither one of them can develop a quarterback. Tell me the quarterback. Uh, don't give. Neither me can Raheem Morris. 
That's what I'm I'm waiting for the finish. I want to finish. Go ahead, go ahead, Tell me what Belichick has done since Brady left. Tell me what he's done. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. Okay. So again, so again, you want to talk about bringing in Belichick and throwing his rings on the table? How's that worked out the past four years when Tom Brady wasn't there to back him up? I don't you know. He developed Tom Brady. <laughs> you just, oh, oh, you just put my blame. What are you talking about? We can sit here and say that D'Amico Ryan's is the defensive-minded coach, and so D'Amico Ryan's can go in there and get a system. It helps when you have a quarterback and an offense that can move the damn football. Miss me Listen. with this whole, ho, 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 ho. Miss with this whole, you know, he can go into Atlanta and get it done. You have Taylor Heineke as your quarterback. You have that. De- as your quarterback, both of them suck donkey balls. You got a running back, a wide receiver, and a and a tight end who refuse to get the ball to. You can I notice this back channel. You cannot sit there and say that because he goes into a situation like it, it, it baffles me, sir. You You're gonna trade that. for Justin Fields. They're gonna trade for Justin Fields. So now you got a quarterback. Okay, now you got a quarterback. You bring in, you bring in a good coordinator who can utilize Justin Fields because the Falcons are going to trade for Justin Fields. The Bears are going to trade him because they're going to draft Taylor Woods. Huh? We're speculating right now. We're speculating. No, we're not right speculating. Now. I'm giving you facts. Justin Fields will be an Atlanta Hawk at the start Atlanta, of next year. Atlanta Falcon. 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 There goes the name thing again. Damn. Did I say Hawk? <laughs> really? He did say Hawk. He did. Okay, so they're going to trade for Trey Young then. And he's going to be shooting up right alongside Dominique Wilkins. Fun web, fun web at wide receiver. Hey, hey, don't be talking mess, man. He's like he like Brett Grimes. I got to climb the ladder. Yeah, catching eight-foot passes. No, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying anything about the coordinator thing. I get how that goes. Offenses, you know, you can bring in guys. But you can say that about any coach at this point. Like, right. it don't matter who it is. You can say that same thing about any coach. I'm just saying if you were going to go with the defensive guy, there's <coughs> two out there that have had success, that have been better at what they've done than Raheem Morris. And I feel like you kind of – you didn't even knock down the door of Rabel, really. You know, it just I, – I don't know, man. I, I just – I'm not into the Raheem Morris thing at all. Well, Go ahead. Brian? Oh, no. I, like I said, I'm just not into the Raheem Morris thing. I think there was more equipped guys if you were going to go the defensive route. I get it. You can bring in offensive guys. And, and quite honestly, I think that's that's completely okay. You know, I, I don't think that a, you got to bring in the guy of what you want to build. I'm not that guy. I just think that there was better defensive guys out there. I just I, – because I know Raheem Morris didn't get a fair shot his last head coaching gig. He he really didn't get a fair shot. And I really just want to see him get an actual chance. I think is why I'm so kind of high with, with – Fair enough. Raheem, you know what I'm saying? And I get it. But I think that Vrabel and Belichick, honestly, their reputations precede them. They have reputations being difficult to work with. Um. Yes. There are things being said. We know there's been things said about Belichick's want to come in. He's going to run everything and out of that. Let's keep in mind that a lot of these people in these front offices are mm-hmm. power hungry little cretins. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who want to control their little fiefdom. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give up my power. So why would you? So they're whispering only, oh, you don't want to bring him in. He's going to take over everything. And man, 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 man. And man, 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 man. Because you got people again like the Trent Balkies of the world. Only not as loud. 
who they want credit for everything. Are they going to get credit if they bring in Bill Je- Belichick or Mike Vrabel? No, they're not. So they're whispering in the owner's ear, don't hire him. He's a bad influence. I think that Belichick's reputation is preceding him, man. I don't think either he or Vrabel get a job in this cycle. Oh, I don't think they do neither. I think we're past that. I think I think Washington wants someone young. They want someone up and coming. And I totally get that with where they're going with things. And I'll be honest, we have in the coaching world, there's a lot of sayings about older coaches. The game has passed them by. And wow. I think that it's not so much the X's and O's. It's how you relate to people. And I'll say that just because I'm I'm 36 and I coach 15-year-olds. I'm way more equipped to coach 15-year-olds in today's social media age than the the 45, you know, 50-year-old, 60-year-old guy who who can't do the same thing because he has no idea what Twitter is or X or mm-hmm. Facebook or Instagram. Like he don't get what makes today's people tick the same way as I feel like Dan Campbell was a perfect fit for the Lions because he gets the players. He understands them. He gets what makes them tick. And I think that that's that's what works works now in today's NFL. These players want players coaches. They don't want hard asses. That that's yeah, yeah. just the society we're growing up in. The hard ass coach, they're kind of moving on. They're getting phased out of the game. And I could see that being the case with Belichick and maybe even Vrabel is they get phased out because that's not the type of coaches that players want to play for nowadays in today's society. I can respect it. I can respect it. Timeless. Um, I mean, we kind of just laid it up to, to the next point I wanted to ask. Um, you know, Belichick and Vrabel still on the on the sideline looking in. Uh Chandler said he doesn't think they, you know, land coaching gigs uh this cycle. What say you, sir? They said one of them might uh be picked up and that be Vrabel. They said that the Seahawks are being aggressive with him. So we'll see if he does end up in Washington. But um the way they're looking for Belichick, if Belichick don't get a job this season, I think he might be done because he is 72 years old, going on 73. Um, if he doesn't get it now, that's that's him. I feel bad in saying this, Lord forgive me, but it's like he may be like the paternal style, like walk away from the game and whatever happens after that happens. You know, like, you know, people live life with a passion that they have. And I, I feel like his passion was in New England. Um I don't put too much of that blame on Belichick because they thought that they had a, a big piece in Mac Jones, and Mac Jones is horrible at the end of the day. They made a big mistake thinking that he was the guy. I felt like it was coming out of college, but once he got his feet running, he fell on his face so many different times and making excuses, and it was like Belichick is, you know, the humble, give you three-word answers and couldn't even answer, but, you know, he probably wanted to tear that microphone up, and it's like he had to go somewhere with his pieces that he could work with that are able to absorb the conversation, and I don't think Washington's going to do it. I felt like Atlanta had a front row seat eight, seven, eight years ago in the Super Bowl to see what type of coaches is like. Not only is it deep for the mind, he was a former center, so he knows what the offense is. He's like dual threat, and he could have helped turn that thing around with some youth that needs to turn that thing around. I still, Morris had a job 13 years ago. 13 years ago, you know who the quarterback was then? Derek Anderson and um, Tavares Jackson. Like, oh, wow. he didn't develop either of those guys, neither of them. And he was only there for two years. They got him out of there. They brought him back over a decade later with no success at the head coaching position. He had multiple jobs in the past 13 years. Like, you have to get somebody that's going to turn this thing around soon. I think, again, if he's there, it's going to be a project. It's going to take two to four years. If he's not successful, I hate to say this, no no backlash, please. He's a black coach. So if he's not successful, they're going to tear his head off his shoulders ASAP, and it's not fair. That's why I said I hope he's successful. 
because it's just not fair mm-hmm. if we don't come out playing or, or coaching or standing up to our standard at the end of the day. So that's why yeah. I feel like it's not fair. He could have went to a job that was more set up for him instead of trying to make, you know, remember the Titans situation happened in Atlanta. I'm sorry. Right. I can feel you. Breaking news is back in the building, man. We're talking while Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel are still on the sideline looking in. What say you, sir? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I heard, um, you know, backstage, I heard the points that Tim brought up, um, and that's that's very interesting. Um, I think I think there's a couple things going on here. I think, first of all, I think Bill Belichick probably thought he was going to get the Atlanta gig, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I think, second, I think he's looking for, I mean, a, as Ty alluded to, he's not a spring chicken. If he doesn't coach in the NFL this year, it'll be the first time in almost 50 years that Bill Belichick was not part of the NFL. Think about that for a minute. Let that soak in. Basically, the entire length of time that almost all of us, <coughs> except Chandler, have been alive, <laughs> we literally we literally have not known an NFL that did not have Bill Belichick in it. And I only say that to say I think Bill Belichick may – in a weird way, maybe has gotten a little too high on the hog. Like, I think that there's an expectation, like, I, I don't know. I think it was you serious that said, you know, I just walk in and put my rings down on the desk. Like, yeah, w- what you accomplished 10 years ago doesn't necessarily indicate to me who you are now. Cause right now you, you had a four and 12 team. Like right now you had the bottom offense in the NFL. Like right now the owner, fired you and literally hired a guy that has no head coaching, coordinating, nothing experience just because he wanted you gone. Like that's from the outside looking in, that's what it looks like. Now, Bill Bill Belichick has an amazing legacy. And yes, it's always going to be linked with, it's always going to be linked with Tom Brady. But let's be honest, Bill Bill Walsh was an amazing coach, but he wouldn't be Bill Walsh without Joe Montana. You know what I mean? Tom Landry is an amazing coach, but he would not be Tom Landry without Troy Aikman. Like, there, you don't have one without the other. Like, you never see a scenario where, you know, like, oh, Don Shula is amazing. Look at all these wins, this and that. And then he has, you know, like, <laughs> Brian Hughes playing quarterback for him. Like, yes, you can coach talent up, but ultimately you have to have the talent needed on the field. And I think what we've seen this year is I really do believe that Bill Belichick can scheme like nobody's business. I think that, you know, everybody wants to give the credit to to Gerard Mayo and we're going to find out. But I also think he did as much as he possibly could with that team. Like I said at the beginning of the year, and I stand by it. New England was literally the most talent starved team in the NFL and, and the fact that they were in as many games as they were in and the fact that they won as many games as they won, like they should have been the Detroit Lions from like four years ago that went on 16 where the fans had the bags on their head. Like their their team, when you just look at – if you just look at it on paper, I told you before, I think there's probably five or six college teams that could beat them. They, and, and I know that's preposterous to say, but like li- literally that team is horrific. I think, unfortunately, Bill Belichick believes that he deserves more than maybe he does. That's that's where I'll leave it. I think he thinks that he deserves a certain 
you know, like, hey, you know, give me a helicopter ride. I want to be wooed a little bit, you know, you know, like he wants to be dated. And it's like, nah, dude, you're 72, man. I'm going to go find the more attractive gal that's younger uh, that I can bring in here that's going to be with me for the next 10 years and we can build something together. And I real quickly want to jump on the Raheem Morris point. I believe a lot of times in the NFL, you see guys get kicked in the teeth and get knocked down. But how do they respond from that? Raheem Morris has been the defensive coordinator uh, in uh, Los Angeles with the Rams, uh, has learned a lot. He He's openly talked about how much he's learned under Sean McVay about offense. You have that tree that's available to him, if you will. He has players. So I don't. the reason why I didn't immediately jump on that hire, I want to see the people he brings in to be on his staff, right? I want to see the people – that are going to be a part of that staff before we we ridicule or before we crucify him because did he learn something? But I will tell you, as much as we talk about Bill Belichick and as much as we talk about, um, uh, why am I drawing the blank? The head coach, former head coach of the uh, the Titans. I'm sorry, boys. Vrabel. Mike Vrabel. Thank you, Vrabel. Vrabel. Why, why is nobody talking about Biennemi or Brian Flores? What Flores did with the Vikings defense is nothing short of a miracle. You go back two years ago, they literally could not fight their way out of a wet paper bag. And for whatever reason, these guys never get mentioned. If I was starting a team today, and I know everybody like loves Eric Biennemi, I, I think Brian Flores absolutely deserves a job. I don't think he ever deserved to be fired in Miami the first time around, a lot like Jim Harbaugh with San Francisco. So I think he's a sleeper name that if given an opportunity, I think I think Flores is a hell of a coach. Brian Flores never yeah. going to get a job in the NFL as a head coach because he's suing the NFL. Uh, Ron Rivera sabotaged Eric Bieniemy at the beginning <laughs> of the season when he, when he said what he said at that press conference. But the guy mm. who should have been hired – and no one's even interviewing him, and he wants to coach, it's Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll? Pete Carroll got forced out of Seattle. Pete Carroll said he wants to coach. By the way, the Dallas Cowboys need an actual coach, not a guy who just stands on the sideline holding a clipboard and says, hey, Jared, what do I do? Pete Carroll would be the perfect coach for the Dallas Cowboys as they're currently constituted. Think about it. Just think about it. I think Pete Carroll would have been a hell of a hire for them. But why is nobody trying to hire Pete Carroll? And 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 you say age and all of that. Pete Carroll still relates to these young players. We got to do is ask the players in Seattle. Mm-hmm. I think Pete Carroll is a guy that somebody should have hired. Well, didn't didn't he say he was taking a a role with the Seahawks? Maybe yeah, like an advisor. They made like him. They basically said well, you can be an advisor, which means we're gonna pay you to go away, <laughs> or we can fire you. Well, he's still getting paid by the organization, so exactly. I don't know. I don't know if that had something to do with it too, as to why people didn't didn't knock down his door. But yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he's a players coach, and that that's what you're seeing more and more today. Is these these teams are hiring players, guys. Well, Bienemy did uh, interview, get a second interview with the Commanders, but you yeah. know, I personally I personally feel as though it was just you know to he's meet in the our quota right now. To meet the essentially, quota, essentially, yeah. Just keep it I think it was to meet the quota, but the problem with how that quota works is you really can't hire or use anybody inside your building to meet the quota. That's mm. how the, that that's how the Rooney Rooney works. So he he was there, he was convenient. 
Um, it seems like, you know, Josh Harris and company got their heart set on the, the, the guy from Detroit who's going to be their next head coach, which leaves the question, where the heck does Biennemi go? Again, you mentioned Brian Flores, um, you know, another guy who has head coaching uh, credentials who is sitting on the sideline in Minnesota uh, right now. So uh, it's going to be crazy to see how it all shakes out, but I need to pay some bills real quick. Shout out to PHI Apparel for sponsoring this show and the rest of the shows here on Sports City Chester Network. Gentlemen, when we come back from this little promo, we're going to dive straight into these AFC and NFC Championship games. we got a lot to talk about. Let's get to work, man. Shout out to PHI Apparel. This portion of our program is brought to you by PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Company provides unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of the Philadelphia area. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt that they'll stand out in the crowd. Act now and listeners can use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co. Co. Remember to use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off. Act now while supplies last. Shout out to PHI Apparel for sponsoring this show and the rest of the shows here on Sports City Chefs, the network. Um, the time has come, gentlemen. Uh, we are really going to dive straight in uh, to kind of talking about these games. I wanted to talk about storylines, um, but for the sake of time, um, and making sure everybody gets their plate um, and has enough to eat. I'm going to dive straight into the AFC Championship game first um, because, again, I got two NFC uh, competitors sitting here, so I want to give them ample time to talk they mess and do what they need to do. Um, Chandler has uh, stepped away for a second, so, Brian, I- I'll come to you first, sir. Um, the Baltimore Ravens host the Kansas City Chiefs um, out here at the bank. Um Weather seems like it's going to be pretty good. Um, these two teams tend to always come down to the last possession, uh, the last few minutes, if you will. I don't foresee this game going any differently. Um, but I wanted to spin this dish um, a different way, if you if you don't mind. If the Baltimore Ravens win this ball game, what has to happen? Well, I think if the ball for the Baltimore Ravens to win this game, I think two things need to happen. I think the defense, the defense needs to um, disrupt Patrick Mahomes. So, one interesting stat that uh, I'm sure you gentlemen probably are aware of: if you look at Patrick Mahomes' last three starts, and this is actually a playoff record, he has been completely clean, meaning no sacks. And no negative plays, no interceptions, no fumbles, no tackles for losses, no uh, no sacks. Like, he has been completely clean. What is going to make this difficult for the Chiefs is if they start playing behind the sticks. So Baltimore's defense has a ton of speed. They are opportunistic. They led the league in interceptions, uh, turnovers this last year. Uh, and so that is one reason. The other reason I'm going to say is, like I mentioned last week, um, that you can you can come up with a game plan for everybody on Baltimore's offense. The one person I don't think they can come up with an answer for uh, is Action Jackson. Uh, the bottom line, like 
I, I very I think it's very plausible that you could see him run for a hundred yards again this game. Um and so to me, that is the difference. Patrick Mahomes is a adept passer and will run if he has to. I think Lamar is an adept passer, maybe better than adept, but he is a ridiculously good runner. Matter of fact, this is the first time in NFL history, just a fun fact, that a team that made it to the championship game had, had that their leading rusher was their quarterback. So just think about that. Yeah. Leading rusher on the team is the quarterback. Kaepernick didn't do it when he played with San Fran? No. Okay. He he led he led them in in uh, rushing yards in the playoffs, but not not during the regular season. Lamar had almost a thousand rushing yards in the regular season. Yeah, I got you, I got you. Now, if the Kansas City Chiefs win it, back to you breaking news. What has to happen? I think for the Chiefs to win, it's literally the polar opposite. I think that they that that streak needs needs to continue to four games, which means. They need to stay clean. Patrick Mahomes needs to stay upright. They need to not turn the ball over. Um, and they need to provide Patrick time to throw the ball. If you look at what the Ravens like to do, the Ravens like to play zone. If you allow Patrick Mahomes time versus a zone, he's going he's gonna to eat them alive. That's what Buffalo tried to do last week. And we all saw how that worked out. The difference is I think Baltimore is a little bit more adept at getting after the passer. So to me, that is going to be one of the keys of the game is how much time does Patrick Mahomes have to sit back there and and dice up the game? If he has a ton of time, I think it's bad news for Baltimore. If he's scrambling for his life, I think it's bad news for the Chiefs. I can respect it. I can respect it. Um, CP, I'll come to you next, sir. Uh, this game takes place uh, on, on Sunday in, in, in Baltimore. Um, if Baltimore <coughs> wins it, what has to happen? TP, if you're talking, you're on mute, sir. The, the question is throwing to me is freezing. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you, sir. I got you. Right, we'll have some technical difficulties with, with TP. Tim, uh, I, 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 I'll let you go next on this particular one. Um, if the Baltimore Ravens win this ball game, sir, what has to take place? Uh, I think they just got to keep moving the ball on the ground. This is a this is a run the ball, shorten the game type of uh, – offense that they need to run this weekend keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes and it's not just Patrick Mahomes you can you know you can even bring in the fact that you know he gets all the calls too so if he ain't got the ball in his hands he can't hurt you so run the ball Uh play keep away score on your possessions but limit the amount of possessions that Patrick sees that that's pretty much the recipe to beating the Chiefs and you saw that a little bit this year with teams that were able to, you know, hold the ball longer and not allow him to uh, control the game. If you can keep him out of a rhythm, you can keep him on the sideline. He's a rhythm guy, man. He he needs to be in rhythm. Just shorten the game as much as you can, whether it's Lamar running, whether it's, you know, the running backs, whatever it is, 
keep the clock moving, short screen passes. You can't really, you know, Chiefs ain't been beat deep this year. Corners have been playing really well. If you can, if you can screen them to death and keep the ball moving, I think that's the way you you beat them. Yeah. Okay. Now, if Kansas City wins this, I, I mm-hmm. guess you're going to do the total opposite, or do you think something else has to pop off for the Kansas City Chiefs to win it? I think you got to force Lamar into turnovers. I think mm-hmm. you know a fumble on a rush, whether it's an interception. I think that that's the way Kansas City is going to win. They're going to have to turn the ball over. They're going to have to get extra possessions, and you know they're going to have to keep the chains moving as well. I mean, again, I think you could say the same thing on both offenses. You mm-hmm. know, you got two really good quarterbacks. I think this is a game where it comes down to whoever has the ball last. That that's the way I feel about it. I think it's going to be one of those type of games. I don't see this being a blowout at all. I don't see the NFL allowing this to be a blowout at all. I think this is a one-possession game. Whoever has the ball last and is driving. I can respect it. I can respect it. Looks like we got TP back in the building. Hopefully his technical difficulties are are behind him. Um, TP, if the Kansas City Chiefs win this ball game, what happens? How, how, How do they do it? Um, my eyes are all focused on number eight if they lose. If Baltimore loses, I just want to see everything that falls in the lap of Lamar. He just got that $200-plus plus million contract and was having this high success throughout the season. They look like a juggernaut. And to be at home, this is the first true postseason that Mahomes had to earn it on the road. If he's able to pull it out in Baltimore, Maryland, I'm not worried about the chaos in, in Maryland, even though I know that's murder bill or whatever, but – uh. I want to see what they have for Lamar and how he has to try to turn this around a whole other season, especially with a defense that's actually been playing wild against an offense that's actually turned it back around, back to their old selves, to the juggernaut that nobody could figure out. So that speed for Baltimore has to come into that game and be electric. If not, if Mahomes is comfortable, they're not getting home, this could be a long night for them. I'm not going to – just like Tim said, I don't think there's going to be some outrageous score, but I think – Mahomes has the moxie to go shot for shot with Lamar. He's done it all their career. He has the percentage, win percentage-wise, up against Lamar. So Lamar has to prove it on the biggest stage ever, and he has an advantage being home. He has to show up now, especially with everything on the line, being the number one team in the AFC. If he falls short, I I, I want to see what happens to him. If he handles the, the scrutiny again, a whole nother six months until we get to August or whatever, I, that, that's just something he's going to have to deal with and try to turn this around and get past the shadow of uh, Patrick Mahomes. You know, I, I I feel you. It's going to be interesting how it pays out. For, for me, gentlemen, um, if Baltimore wins this ball game, it's because they mucked it up. Keep in mind, the, the Las Vegas Raiders beat the Kansas City Chiefs with their quarterback throwing 62 yards, completed nine passes. You have to muck this game up. If, again, everybody alluded to it. Patrick Mahomes is comfortable um, it's 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 bombs over Baghdad. It's 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 a problem. I mean, Scantling is starting to catch stuff now, as, as we saw last week. Um, so they got to muck it up. I I I don't think you want to get into a shootout with somebody who has been proven to have the faster gun. You know what I'm saying? No disrespect to Lamar Jackson and what he's able to accomplish, but at the end of the day, this is what Patrick Mahomes does. So if Baltimore wins it. I think it's going to be something like a 13 to, to 17 type game, uh, multiple turnovers. Um, if, 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 if Kansas City wins it, 
I'm thinking it's going to be a shootout, shootout type of game, a high score game, um, because ultimately both defenses have had bad days. Um, I think it's going to come down to defense. Honestly, we, we we mentioned Mahomes a lot. We mentioned we mentioned Lamar Jackson a lot. I think the defenses of this of this of both of these teams have to show up and have to show out in order for their team to prove victory. I don't think I don't think the venue matters. Contrary to popular belief, I don't I, I don't think the fact that it's in it's up the street in Baltimore phases Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. No, I don't think it matters to them. You know, the weather's going to be nice. At the, at the end of the day, it's just football. You know what I'm saying? And so um, do the butterflies and the jitters start to get to Baltimore? You know, this is the first time a lot of these guys are in this type of big game. This is the sixth consecutive AFC championship game for Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Kansas City Chiefs. They, they've been there, done that, got T-shirt, wore so many times it's faded at this point. So I'm curious to see how, especially at the outskirts of this game, um, if there's going to be a, a, muff, a muff punt um, a, a situation where a bad read is made on by Baltimore. Again, the Baltimore Ravens are the number one seed for a reason. They have been the best team in the AFC all year long. Um, and you win those games to get these type of these type of moments. So it's gonna be interesting to see how it all pans out. Um, Chandler, I, I'll come to you, sir. Um, AFC championship game. Um, and Baltimore wins it. How do they do it? They blow their doors off. Final score is gonna be 42 to 6. Tell you that right. The final score is going to be forty-two to six. Baltimore is going what they are going to do, not is for grammar. Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens, are going to harass, bully, and overwhelm Kansas City's offensive line. They have actual people who can cover Travis Kelsey. <laughs> okay, uh, Hamilton can cover Travis Kelsey. Roquan Smith can run with Travis Kelsey. Patrick Queen can run with Travis Kelsey. And if you really think that that MVS is going to catch the same ball that he caught in the last game, yeah, don't hold your breath. He had his one good game of the year, all right, where he caught two balls that he's been dropping all year. So he had his one good game. But this becomes a situation where the the Baltimore Ravens defense are going to keep Patrick Mahomes on his back the entire game. Okay. Now, on the flip side, if Kansas City pulls it upset, how do they do it? Uh, Butker makes a kick with time, with no time remaining on the clock is what it's going to come down to. In order for Kansas City, see, I keep re- hearing a lot of people saying in order for Baltimore to win, they got to muck it up. They got to – no, they don't. Every uh, – the Ravens have played six teams this season with over 500 records, winning team, winning records. The average margin of victory is 26 points. The better the opponent, the better the Ravens play. Think about the Pittsburgh game, the first Pittsburgh game. Game they should have won handily. Mm-hmm. I was there. How many drop passes did those receivers have? Like Nelson 25? Aguilar, like Nelson 25? Aguilar had, Aguilar had four by himself. And, and the defense basically went to sleep. Oh, it's the Steelers. They ain't got nobody. I watched that game. The Baltimore Ravens literally gave that game away. Think about the, of the games that they lost when they lost the bad teams. What happened? They fell asleep in the second half of the game and gave the game away. They don't do that. They don't do that against good teams. They raise the level of play. Now I don't know if that's an indictment or not. It's not great, 
But since you're in the playoffs, you're going to be playing nothing but good teams. I think in order for Kansas City to win, Kansas City has to keep this a low-scoring game, and they have to get it to the last possession, which I don't think is going to happen. Because like I said, 42-6, to six, book it. He, he said 42-6. to six. Now, if, if, if that happens, Nostradamus, I'm going to need some lotto numbers from you next week. I, I'm not going to hold you. I'm not going to hold you. <laughs> and so with that, gentlemen – Hold on, I, I want to get action on that, Chandler. Can I can I get that spread? I'll, I'll take Kansas City in the points, please. Okay, Arizona iced tea, baby. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Here, here's to you. <laughs> With that, gentlemen, we're going to talk about the next game: uh, the Detroit Lions and San Francisco 49ers square up um, in California. I got a 49er fan. I got two Lions fans in the building. Um, and so I'm going to let the home team guy go first on this one. Um, breaking news, Hughes, talk to me, man. Um, how do you guys get it done? Um, I think we get it done just by playing offense and defense like we have throughout the year and not how we played last week versus the Packers. Like I said on the program on Tuesday, I think it was a blessing in disguise for the Niners to play a horrific game like that and still come out with the W. Um, and I think it's going to make them uh, a much harder opponent this week in the NFC Championship game. I think for the Niners to win the game, I think the Niners just do what they do. They're the number one offense in the NFL for a reason. They got best yards per attempt average in the NFL, top three to five quarterback in every statistical category, the number one running back in the NFL. I mean, offensively is not going to be the problem. For the Niners to beat Detroit, really what it comes down to is Goff is going to try to do death by a thousand cuts. Detroit does not really throw the ball deep. They throw it. 10 yards or less on about 75% of their passes, and they are going to try and kill you with the run. The Niners have had some issues with outside runs. I think that is going to be the key in the game. Can the Niners and, and that defense slow down the running game to get Jared Goff into, let's say, third and five or more? If they can do that, I think it bodes very well for the San Francisco 49ers' chances. I can respect it. I can respect it. Um, TP, you know, your Detroit Lions go on the road to face the, the 49ers for a chance to go to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas in a couple weeks. How do you boys get it done, sir? Um, you got to stick to the script. You know how they say, um, what's not broke, don't fix it, man. It, and it's worked up until this point. Um we know our identity at the end of the day, and, and San Fran knows what we bring to the table, too. Um, the best part about what I think Detroit could bring to the table is, is uh, we have pieces on the offense that could actually bring problems to their defense, but nobody wants to see that. They're just looking at more of what Detroit's defense can't do against their offense. And it's like we bring the same problems to them also. So um, what's gotten us here is the offense and the leadership of what Jared Goff has done at this point. So. And Jared Goff is familiar with that that team at the end of the day. He's played in the NFC West for several years and 
had success here and there. I, I got to look at his percentage while he was with the Rams going up against them, but he's won or lost there. So he knows what it takes to play. And, well, I, I think that he more or less – I didn't think he played too many games in Santa Clara. But uh, nevertheless, um, he, he still knows what that defense is about. He knows who Nick Bosa is. He, I don't think he has too many games up against Chase Young. He knows what pressure they're going to create. That's every game. He has to worry about every defensive line at the end of the day. And I really think our offense has to win this game. I, I, to me, this is my slogan that I'm bringing to the table from here on, even if they lose or not. I feel if Detroit gets past San Francisco, this will be the first offense that wins a championship. You know how they say their defenses win championships? I think this will be the first offense that earns a championship if they could get past San Francisco. Our defense is actually coming up with big styles when we need them, but this offense has actually been able to go shot for shot and keep a score on the board to not get down two possessions or three possessions and lose games. I mean, they've done a good job up to this point. So um, forward down the field. I feel you. I feel you. Uh, Tim, I'm going to give you the ball and let you dribble with it, my guy. Your Detroit Lions are playing for a chance to go to the Super Bowl um, in Las Vegas in a couple weeks, man. How did they get it done? Uh, I, I honestly, man, this is – I think this has to be the Jameer Gibbs coming out party. You know, it started a little bit last week, but knowing the trouble that the Niners have had on outside runs, it is – Get the ball to the outside. Let Sewell and Decker lead the way. You got two of the best tackles in football. Get Gibbs to the outside and let my mans cook because that that's going to be the recipe to beating the Niners. This whole, you know, we can't just hand the ball to Montgomery and run the ball up the middle. That ain't happening. All right, we got to get out on the edges. We got to kill them with speed. I think that's where we can win this game is, you know, and I, I could see Jamison Williams having a solid game here too. Just I think we can outrun the Niners defense. I don't think we can play, you know, push the football down their throat football like mm -hmm. we have in games past. This is going to have to be a speed game. We're going to have to outrun everybody. Um, you know, I think the key is first and second down. Can we keep third down manageable? Can we get four yards, you know, a play? Can we stay ahead of the sticks and keep golf from having to drop back on a third and 10, third and third and sevens where, you know, defensive defensive ends are pinning their ears back. You're letting Bosa pin his ears back. If you can keep him off balance, have him play run, then pass. That's where I think the success comes for the Lions. That's where I think we can make our make our uh, money. Again, that's that's all big ifs. You know, this is the best team in the NFC talking about the Niners coming into this thing. So I think at the end of the day, that's how the recipe they have to follow to win the game. I gotcha. I gotcha. I, I, I'll save my comments for last. Uh, Chandler, talk to me, sir. Um, you, you, you don't have a dog in the fight. So I'm, I'm going to flip this on its ear. Um the, the Detroit Lions fans in the building said um, something completely different, actually. I mean, Tim said you got to kill them with speed. Um, they both said they got to, you know, make it, you know, manageable third downs. Um, you know, the 49er fans said they just have to play ball like they've been playing all year. They kind of slept walk and got lucky uh, at the end versus the Green Bay Packers. So I I'm going to pitch this to you. Um, if the Detroit Lions win, how do they get it done? <clears throat> I think their core, I think their linebackers and their safeties have to play big. We know the corners are pretty much trash. 
But honestly, Debo and Ayuk, if Debo plays, yeah. they're more like running backs than they are wide receivers. Let's let's be honest. They're more like running backs, hybrid uh, H-backs, call them. I really consider them wide receivers because they do a lot of things coming out of the backfield, screens, bubble, stuff like that. So your linebackers and your safeties are going to be very important in this because they got to come up and make the tackle. Got to come up and make the tackle. If they do that, because I don't really – I'm not a, I'm not a believer in Brock Purdy. I'm not a believer. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not saying he's good. I'm saying I'm not a believer. Okay? I'm not a believer. I have yet to see him win a game when he's the difference in the game. I have yet to see that happen. We saw the offense when Debo Samuel went out last week. We saw the offense. So, for me, the linebacking core and the safeties are going to be big. I think if you can get the game on Brock Purdy's shoulders, I think you. I think Detroit can win the game. Okay. Now, flip it on its ear. If San Fran emerges victorious, how do they do it? Make make a wait for um. Man, I just lost his name. Golf, Jared Golf. Almost mm-hmm. said Josh Gibbs. Swear to God, <laughs> I don't know who Josh Gibbs is. Right? I don't know who Josh Gibbs is. Uh, <laughs> Jared Goff. Make Jared Goff beat you. See, here's the thing about Jared Goff. Um, I think he's done a great, great job in Detroit. But he will put the ball up for grabs at least twice. Mm-hmm. Every game. He puts the ball up for grabs. There's, there's a throw he makes you like, yo, what the hell were you thinking, man? In the last game. Remember that one play? I forget when it was, where he just kind of like, oh! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I don't want you take it. Jared Goff is going to do that twice in this game. San Francisco has capitalized on it. Make yeah. Jared Goff beat you. I don't think he can. Again, I like Jared Goff. I'm not a believer. That's not to denigrate his talent or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a believer. I don't believe that in the biggest of moments when it's up to him to, because there's seven throws a quarterback has to make every game. Only seven throws a quarterback has to make. Everything else is window dressing. Seven throws. Okay? Goal line, short yardage, inside the red zone. I got to have it third down. I got to have it first down. There's seven throws in a game that a quarterback has to make in order to win the game. I don't believe Jared Goff can make those seven throws. I don't believe Brock Purdy can make those seven throws. So for me, both times it comes down to make the quarterback win the game. I can respect it. I can I respect get it. a list of the quarterbacks that Chandler does believe in. It's not a big <laughs> yeah, list. I've only, I've only been here a for list. a little bit, but man. <laughs> that list it's is short, man. List. It's a small list. It's a small <laughs> list. That's a very, very small list. Uh, for me, gentlemen, um, if, if the 49ers win it, Kyle Shanahan uh, didn't Kyle Shanahan this thing up. Um, he has a propensity, like we alluded to last game, to I mean last week to lose big games. Uh, he gets too cute. Um, he doesn't understand the moment from time to time. If the running game is working, 
stuff to run, keep running the football. If the screen game is working, if the short passing game is working, you know, keep keep, keep doing what's working. Do not get too cute. Um, I'm not going to really spend too much time on the San Fran defense. I think they're as good as advertised. I think they're going to generate pressure. I think they're going to be able to make things interesting for the Detroit Lions. Now, if the Detroit Lions win it, I think what Tim said is spot on. You know what I'm saying? Get on the outside. Um, you run at Chase Young, don't run away from him. Um, I've seen a lot of them here in D.C., you know, so run straight at him. Um, I think I think Amon Ross St. Brown and Reynolds are going to have a massive game. I think they're going to have to be massive because here's the thing, gentlemen. We make a lot of, of conversation about the, the linebackers and, and, and the front, you know, front defensive line for the 49ers. Their secondary is just about as bad as Detroit's. I'm just going to call a spade a spade. So at the end of the day, if, if Jared Goff is able to get protection and he doesn't throw YOLO balls, I trust that Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be able to get open. I trust that Sam LaPorta, who, in my opinion, has morphed himself into one of the best tight ends in football, is going to be able to maneuver and get some things open. I like the fact that Williams is starting to find himself um, and starting to come into his own. Reynolds, another guy who the Detroit Lions seem to have picked off a scrap peep um, and is finding some work. And so I, I, I saw a stat uh, watching last game that I didn't even know about until I saw it. If you look at the months of the season, you know, at any given point, you had no idea who the Detroit Lions leading receiver was because they spread that rock around so much, um, which is why Brian Johnson is about to be the next head coach in D.C. But they, 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 they spread ben, that ball. Ben, ben Johnson. There see, we go. Yeah, see, 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 Ben Johnson is about to be the next coach here in D.C., uh, because they spread that rock around so many different times and so many different receivers. Um, so I, th- I think if Detroit wins it, I think uh, I think Ronald's going to have to have a big game. I think that Amon Ra is going to have to have a solid game. You're not going to make a living, in my opinion, running on San Fran. I, I don't think you're going to do that. Their, their, front, their front is too stout. Um, but if you can get on the outside and the perimeter – um, and make things difficult for them. I do think that Detroit has a real realistic shot at, at winning this ball game. Talk to me, Brian. Yeah. So uh, l- last show, I uh, I gave the Lions fans uh, some some homework, and I was curious if they followed up on that. Last time they won a road game, and what Jared Goff's record was versus the 49ers. Anybody look that up? I can provide it to you. So uh, they're 0-11 in their last road games. The last time they won a road playoff game was 1957, just an FYI. And Jerry Goff is 3-7 versus San Francisco, including 0-1 as a Detroit Lion. For a guy who just gave the, the saying about Bill Belichick of the what have you done for me lately, I think that stat is a little bit outdated for for uh, for what today's Lions are compared to what they've been for those years past. I mean, Jer- I mean, Jared Goff is three and seven versus San Francisco. That's not really talking about the past. They do still have to travel to the West Coast. Different head coach. Different regime. They've had a lot of regimes since 1957. They're all 0 and 11 on the road. But But see, I'm I'm, going to tell you right now, I think the one stat that this thing comes down to, it's going to be one stat. 
And it's, it's the Christian McCaffrey stat because I too think Brock Purdy's kind of smoke and mirrors with what they run offensively. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I think he's a game manager and that the numbers without Debo Samuel tell you exactly what that says. With that being said, the Detroit lions and I'll go to fantasy gave up the least amount of fantasy points a game to the running back position. I could say that they've given up less than 70 yards to every running back that they played against this year because they did. I can go to the fantasy standpoint because now you can add in what they've done offensively, whether that's catching the ball out of the backfield, whether that's running. And the Detroit Lions are a pass funnel offense. They force you to beat them with the pass. Now, again, we've seen teams absolutely dice up the secondary, but that's exactly what the Lions push teams to do. They push you to throw the ball. So if they can bottle up McCaffrey and force Purdy to try to beat them with his arm, now, again, not 100% Debo. We'll see what happens with that. I think he plays. If he has any nuts, he's going to play. So mm-hmm. bottom line, I think that's the key to this entire game. What does McCaffrey do? Can the Lions stop them on the ground and force Purdy to beat him in the air? And, again, not saying Purdy's bad. I put him on the list of quarterbacks I can trust. But I think he's more of a game manager guy built with the players around him, a lot like what people say Jared Goff is. Yeah, I'm just saying, sign me up for a 20 and four game manager. I'll take that dude all day long. Oh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying he's bad by any means. Sign, sign me up, dude. I'll take a guy 20 and four. Hey, listen, we got Jared Goff doing the same thing out here. I, I feel good about what he's doing. You know, he's and 20 and four in no, his last 24 he's starts. Games. He's winning ball games with okay. less. With less, might I add? With less no what? Defense. With no defense. With less what? With no defense. Okay, listen. Number one, you guys have defense. It just, it, it's just not great at the perimeter. Number two, your offensive line is at least five times better than San Francisco's offensive line. We have one legitimate player on on the offensive line. You have three guys that are probably going to be Hall of Famers. So Jared score. Goff, Jared Goff is low scoring games. Right, Jared Goff is. And I've told Ty this before, and Chandler kind of alluded to it. What this game will really come down to is can San Francisco generate pressure? Because Jared Goff is not the guy we've seen in the playoffs when you can get pressure on him. He's a lot like Tua Tingavaloa. He turns into a different player when you get pressure on him. He's not cool, calm, and collected. And as much as, you know, everybody want to say that, you know, can't trust Brock Purdy, this and that. I mean, he played horrific last week. I'm the first one to say that. But like Chandler said, six, seven throws, when he got to have it, he went six for seven for eighty for uh, 67 yards on the last drive in order to pull that game out. We'll see Wait, if Jerry Goff can do that. Isn't that every quarterback that – every quarterback gets erratic when they get pressure. There's no quarterback that – who? Who? I, when they I, get hit I disagree. Times, you make it. Wait, I disagree with you. So at the end of the day, it's Brock Purdy just got here. So you hold the same standard to God, but Purdy just became um, Jesus in San Francisco at the end I, of the day. They did all I, did I say, that. Peyton Manning. Wait, hold on. I, I let you see. Peyton Manning did it. Jesus. Peyton Manning did it. Tom Brady did it. When they get hit, they get okay. erratic. There's no quarterback that sits up here and wants to hit, get hit or take pressure. None. So at the end of the day, if, if they start hitting Purdy, he looks erratic. The past couple of games in San Francisco, Purdy looked questionable. The Packers and the Ravens came and blew him out. They came and blew him out the last game out there. That looked bad. So so it can happen. Don't just think 
because you want to be a Niner fan. No one look at this the broad spectrum because everybody has okay. a dog day in hell at the end of the day. So we gonna see on Sunday. I'm gonna tell you that right now. We got a couple oh, of days. Right. Bring see. your 3D glasses because we coming straight at y'all. Okay. <laughs> By we, you mean your team? I got you. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. You'll be rapping it from the couch. I am so glad I don't have a dog in this fight. I, I can't so wait glad. to watch this thing, man. I cannot <laughs> wait to watch this thing, man. The kitchen's gonna be lit <laughs> on inferno mode next weekend next week man bring bring that same energy next tuesday are we gonna be in the building we gonna be years, you know me never change jigger said i never change never change in the building said, i never change i never short change you never good never good. you know me never <laughs> with that being said gentlemen we're going to shut it down uh this evening man it's you know i i love doing these shows with you guys man uh, before we get out of here, man, Tim, give us a plug and a close up and shut it down, my guy. I think Ty said it last what last show. Everybody from the three one three. Put your money. <laughs> now, as he stands tough, notice that this man does not have his hands not up. Hands up. This forty ers got him gassed up. up. Who's afraid of the big bad wolf? One, two, two, three into the four. One Brock, two Brock, three Brock, four. Four Brock, three Brock, two Brock, one. I'm Brock, he's Brock, you're Brock, none. So you've watched a lot of 8 Mile. I love that guy, I swear to God. Yo, Chandler, give us a plug in the club. You shut it down, my guy. Uh, it was a lot of fun tonight, man. Um, I can't wait for the games this weekend soon because that group text chat is going to be, oh, my God. That's going to be off the chain. Just the text alone are going to be off the chain as this game is going on. But, <clears throat> again, as I always do, 988, option one. Um, it's not just about suicide prevention, although 22 veterans commit suicide a day and we need to get that number down to zero. But if you're a veteran, family member of a veteran, friend of a veteran, you utilize the line. Talk to somebody. Uh, reach out, find resources, get to the VA. You're entitled to it. They're not giving you anything. It's an entitlement because it was earned through your service. And as always, say yes to life. Thank you so much, Chandler, man. Breaking news, Hughes, man. Give us a plug and a closet. Shut it down, my guy. <laughs> SportsCityChefs.com. Check out the uh, website, the blogs, the finger foods, the the, the YouTube. The TikToks, the Instagrams, all the posts you guys been doing, man, has been uh, fantastic. Listen, you know all year long, I've 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 repped this team right, and I've been honest. I've never said that they were going to blow anybody out unless it was a blowout. I never never called it. I've always called it straight. I'm gonna let you know right now. We never talked score predictions. I'm calling 31 14. We gonna run Detroit out the building. All right, he said 31-14. I got Chandler talking about 41 to 6 for the AFC. This is gonna be a boring evening. Uh watching these games, man. It should be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Thank you so much, breaking news, man. I will see you next week, man. TP, you know what to do, my guy. Give us a plug in the closet. I'll be shut it down, homie. Man, I've been here since 2009. Founded this whole foundation. I never changed. I'm never still changed. here from December 6, 2009, when I set this thing off. I have never shortchanged y'all. 
I've repped every last one of my teams from the Thunder, the Twins, the Hurricanes, the Hoyas, the Rangers, and of course this Honolulu Blue. I've been a Barry fan all my life. I cannot change. I'm not giving you nothing different but T.P. Thomas himself. At the end of the day, I don't have to go shopping, shopping, but I know people come here to see me fall. They choose to come here. I have to be here. Understand what this right here is about. We're going in here to set history. I believe, believe that. Taught a song gospel is called Victory. I believe that. At the end of the day, check us out, sportscitychefs.com. We got a lot of work coming up in the next month or two. A lot of people coming back on board to make this thing happen. Um, tell a friend to tell a friend. It's the chefs again. Detroit going in there, I don't need a score. But y'all better take care of business on this Sunday. And if they don't know, now they know. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, TP, for rocking with us, man. Y'all already know how I get down. It's your boy, Sears, repping that 412 and the 703, man. It's such a privilege and a pleasure to get to do this with you guys on a regular basis, man. This is what we do, man. This is what we love, man. TP said it here uh, this evening, man. When I jumped in the building, I forget, man. Shucks. 2009, 2010. It's been been a minute since I got in the building, man. I ain't never left. Um, I, I, I love doing this, man. This is so much fun. Uh, with that being said, man, uh, like man channel alluded to, um, if you're a veteran, get the help that you need, uh, kiss those that, that, that you love, tell the people that you love, that you love them. Cause tomorrow's never promised. With that being said, TP set it off. Tell the friend to tell the friends chefs again. If they don't know, man, now we know, man, we gone.